What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on Late for Lunch. We have reached episode eight. Thank you guys so much for coming back. I am Clueless. And I am Jet. We got some good stuff for you guys going on today. Before we get to that little housekeeping. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We did reach another major milestone. You guys are <laughs> smashing the records. We got 400 all-time downloads in the books. Yes, sir. Yes, Rolling sir. Rolling right yes, along. Sir. It seems like just the other day That's we was talking good, about 100 That's pretty good, man. 250. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. But, yes, thank you guys for listening so much. If you do not follow our Instagram, it's late. The number four. Lunch podcast. Mm, crispy. And, you know, if you guys are up with current news, <laughs> I mean, and you, you thought we weren't going to say it. It's Two young broken. men from Atlanta. We had, to, we had to put it in here real quick. The curse is broken. It is no more. What they say? What they say? Twenty six years exist anymore. The Braves brought home the World Series for your boys. Oh, we're so proud! We're so proud. I'm telling you, the city needed this. We we all needed this. The A is for the A. It's for the A. If y'all saw me at all this week, you know I was repping my Atlanta gear. Everything either had red or it had the A. Yeah. Just notice. But yeah, with that out of the way, had to get that in there. We're gonna say it again before the episode is over. But you know, Braves Nation, chop them up. You know what we're saying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about these two. These two are gonna be you know crazy topics. We're going. We're gonna do it a little bit different today. Okay. We got we got one topic. In the first half of the episode, and then we got a second topic in the second so we're half. we're going to switch it up, like chop up the flow. Yeah, we're going to chop it up a so little So we're going to make this like two courses. Yeah, yeah. Sounds okay. like. Okay. So first we got for you imposter syndrome. I was talking to. Stop, stop, stop. What? what do, do, pardon? I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I was talking to a friend recently. Shout out to her. Okay. She knows who I'm talking about. Who is talking... We was talking in the market, and she said, oh, yeah, you should discuss imposter syndrome. Okay. And it was, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know if everybody goes through this. Because, I, you know, me, I'm like, well, it sounds like something I might do. Because, you know, sometimes I do doubt myself a little bit. And I'm, I started, you know, doing a little bit of research. So you're getting into the explaining. Give the people, let the people know. What is imposter syndrome? I'm going to let them know. I'm going to let okay, them know. Okay. This is just a little backstory. I'm about to say you were giving them like hints and clues. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. a little taste. Such a tease. So I was I was researching it a little bit. And the more I researched it, the more stats that jumped out at me that hint to more people experiencing this than I previously thought. Okay. So this is this is the crazy stat I came up uh, came across. They say seventy percent of professionals have suffered with this at some point in their career. Seventy percent. That's a lot. I'm about to say that's over the majority. Yes, that's way over the majority. Okay. That's closer to a hundred percent than it is. That's very generous. Yeah, that's that's wild. So if you do not or have not heard of imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome is the feeling of self-doubt and personal incompetence or undeserving 
of like certain accolades or your position, mm. despite your education and your background and all the things that you've done, like accomplishments and all of that. Okay. So if 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 I wanted to simplify it, right, and I said, give me one word that you can say is a synonym for imposter syndrome, what would it be? It doesn't have to fully encompass the definition, but one word, the closest you can get, that's a synonym. I'll say incompetence or mm, okay. um, worthlessness or okay. like something along those lines. Okay. Okay, okay. But okay. my thing okay. is, and, and more famous people have experienced this than you think. Okay. So I found a quote. From Maya Angelou, the great Maya Angelou, anybody you ask about Maya Angelou is going to say the greatest writer of all time almost. Okay. She said, I had written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. Actually, hearing that, I'd actually, I, I'm going to disagree with you, she said. I think it would probably be, I would be less surprised about if, if someone in a, in a spotlight would say that. Because I, I, I guess you could say the lower the spotlight, the, le- the less eyes you have on you, right? Right. So it's, it's of course, you can always be like, yeah, people, people are going to doubt themselves. But the more spotlight you have, the more people, the more access you have to other people doubting you. And those people doubting you can lead to you thinking, doubting okay, yourself, maybe right. I don't measure up. That's Even though true. you're actually that guy. That's true. But, you know, we don't think ourselves that, you know, everybody's facing the issues I'm facing. I mean, or, you're, you're right. But but I about to say, to debate your point, right, if you were a pitcher for the Atlanta Braves and everyone was like, bro, bench that man, he is trash. Even though you already won a championship on your last team. Yeah. If you were struggling in, in like, a, a game or two, Maybe you might think, okay, maybe it's time for me to hang it up. Just a little bit. That is true. But, I mean, equally, we, you don't ever think, oh, yeah, I'm the only person struggling in this class. Fair enough. Well, you never know, man. Some people, sometimes it feels like that. It, do, it does feel like that. It feels like you're alone in your struggle. And everybody's answering the questions. And you're like, oh, how? I got when four. Your, your teacher says... That this is an easy concept. See, oh that yeah, you see should, that one. This is this is. I about to say when she says this is you know, high school math, middle right, school yeah. math. Yeah, see, and you're like, you're, you're like, the only one who you're doesn't understand it. Yeah, see, that feeling. I feel like I'm the only one that gets that. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't think the person sitting three desks down from you because they're not saying anything. They're just nodding their head like they're getting and taking notes. But they probably think the same thing about you though. Okay. You know, we're all in this. I feel like you can, usually you can kind of tell who may be on your side and who's not on your side. Like, you can usually tell when you're, like, the only one who gets it. But you only you only get that when you're, when you start being transparent, when you're like, okay, I'm not getting this. Is any, am I by myself I and looking around the class? Because I feel like, I feel, you could say the best teacher, not I feel like, the best teachers usually are able to determine what students understand the concepts by looking at their nonverbal communication in the classroom. Now that's why so many teachers struggle with Zoom because there's no there's yeah, no nonverbal communication. Right, exactly. But in a classroom, 
I feel like you can you can see struggle without it being communicated. Merch. Yeah. I mean, we hide certain parts of ourselves from anybody. That's that's in anything. Of course. So it's it's the same with, you know, that feeling of competence and or non competence or whatever it is. I mean not non competence. That's not incompetence. A word. Incompetence. There we go. There we go. Fix that up real quick. <laughs> and feeling like I'm not supposed to be where I am. Like this, this high school, three hundred level class is not for me. I mean, college three level, like three hundred class is not for me. Okay. I'll tell you this. I I will say. I think imposter syndrome. Is a thing that gets built up. I feel like it's a process, right? So I don't think the first day you just like, sometimes, okay, sometimes there is the first day where you're like, okay, I'm a little underwhelmed. Oh, I'm a little overwhelmed. Okay. But usually, I would, it's fair to say that this is like, okay, I, first day, I understand I'm not going to know everything. Second day, it's like, okay, I'm expected to pick certain things up, but I still, I'm still not expected to know anything, everything. Yeah. But by the seventh day, when you when you start to realize, okay, maybe I'm behind and I'm still not getting everything, I think that's where maybe it can start to kick in. Okay, yeah, that's like a, a class setting, like transitioning from I mean, even high work, school, college. Working, driving, you can put a lot, you can really put a lot. Of yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the Like in the workforce, when you're like, oh, yeah, I've gone through school, I got my degree. And now you're 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 applying what you learned, and you're like, all these people around me seem very smart no and course. brilliant at what they're doing, and I'm supposed to be doing what they're doing, at least. And maybe they're gonna find out that somewhere along the line, I are gonna say, you know what, you didn't do this right, and and you gotta go. I mean, it's possible. I, I I still believe it's probably more of a personality trait. Well, it, it I, I won't say it's a personality trait. It's expressed differently. So it comes off differently. So let me ask you this then. Have you ever felt like you were in that situation, like you felt like I don't belong or I'm an imposter, they're going to find me out? Or Me saying I, I don't belong is like me. I'll, I'll never say I, I don't belong. Because the moment I say I don't belong, I'll start, I'll start believing I don't belong. So even when I don't belong, I act like I belong. So okay, for example, the internship I got this summer, I was actually required to know Python to learn Python. So the, for those that don't know what Python is, it's a it's a coding language, right? So one of the requirements for the for the internship was having a knowledge of Python. Okay. Which I did not have. But I communicated that. I was like, I don't have Python. So they were like, okay, we can work with you. You know, do you think you can learn Python? I was like, yeah, I think I can learn Python in a week, which was a horrible idea. But I already knew I was coming in at a disadvantage. And then on the first day, I'm not even going to lie, I was a sophomore at the time. And then I was a sophomore in college. But there were their graduate students there. There were tons of seniors so I was definitely on the younger side, one of the younger students there. So I, I had to tell myself, I was like, okay, these certain things, these, these things don't happen by mistake, right? Yeah. So if you, if you get here, you're here for a reason. Now you may be, that doesn't mean that 
you mean that doesn't mean you're not deficient in certain areas, but you can be deficient in certain areas and make up for it in other areas, because in the end you're here for a reason. So it, it I guess it, it all depends. That's fair. Okay, I'll give you this example. I went to a uh, engineering camp. Okay. It was like uh, I want to say it was my junior year of high school. I believe it was my junior year of high school, or like the year like right before starting senior year, like going into senior year. So I went there. Um, engineering is already a field where there's not a lot of African-American yeah. people. Yeah. There's, they have started an organization for black engineers. but Strictly to get more black engineers into exactly. the Exactly. But I, I, knowing this, I went to the camp, though. And when I got there... I was one of four African-American people. And we started talking about, you know, some, like we had like pseudo classes kind of. Yeah. So we were, we were like going to these, like not college classes, but like pre-college. Yeah, instruction instructional Instructional like, yeah. like kind of courses. And like we're no, supposed. It's, it's basically college, but there's no grades yeah no grades they're just kind of like introducing you to this information but some people if you don't understand right and but where i kind of started feeling that imposter kind of situation was when there was people that were understanding this and asking asking questions and understanding and i'm like which class did they teach this in? Because Definitely. I no, no, my school did not offer this. Exactly. Let's just keep it simple. So that feeling of you know not feeling like I'm supposed to be here, that they're gonna be like, hey, you're not asking enough questions, so you gotta go, you gotta no, get out the camp. I feel like everyone, merch, eventually at some point you you do. It's natural human instinct to compare yourself to the field, right? Yeah, especially when you're a minority, because you're you're automatically you're gonna think, okay, what do I have to do to be considered on this level? And then ideally, you want to be above that level. So first, the first thing you're gonna do is naturally compare. Okay, do I belong here? And even if I don't belong here, how do I make it seem as if I belong here? So you're saying like like walk in the door and you already don't see anybody that looks like you or don't see anybody that sounds like you or yeah, like, came from the same place you like did. In, I can imagine in your situation, when you walk in the door, you're already like, okay, most of these people think I don't belong here, right? Yeah. So when you, when, when you know that the people around you think you don't belong here, for me personally, I'll say that's motivation to show that you belong. Be- like if you don't belong, because I mean, let's be honest, if we go back to history, Anytime someone told someone that they weren't something and those people believed that they weren't anything, they never got anywhere, right? Yeah. So the first thing, like, no one's ever going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself, right? And, I mean, that doesn't mean you have to have all your, you know, your I's dotted and your T's crossed. That doesn't mean you have to be like, okay, we're on the same level. Because sometimes it's best to be like, okay, we're not on the same level, right? It's like, okay, at this point, I acknowledge that this person is ahead of me. Yeah, exactly. But then the point where I think you you make up for it is that, like, where you you say to yourself, we're not on the same level, but I know I can be where you are. And I can can be where you are. I can pass you. But, like, as long as you have that, that, like, confidence in yourself, I guess. 
I'm I'm hearing you say accept where you are. So you knowing where you like that. Okay, this is having a clear understanding of your of your abilities currently and where you need to be. Yeah, like for, exactly. First thing you gotta know, you gotta recognize where you are. So even if I'm not, let's say we're not on the same level yeah. when we walk in the door. Okay, I acknowledge that we're not on the same level. But then you start to think, why are we not on the same level? Or even before you think, why are we not on the same level? Ask yourself, can we be on the same level? And I feel like that's the point. That's the that that's what separates people. Because when you acknowledge that I can be on the same level, then then that's when the okay, how do I get to that level kicks in. But if that part never kicks in, that's when you you'll start to be kind of like intimidated, you know, like maybe I I don't belong here, and you you end up taking steps back when you're really you're most times if we're being honest. You're really right where you belong. Most of these things don't happen on accident. I get that. Yeah, I feel that. So when you look back on your life currently, you know, a 20-year-old college student, and you look back and say, to this point, I've accomplished this, 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 and this. Yeah. Do you credit that or do you see that success that you have or where you are now? And go. This was this was me. This was some lucky break. This was chance. This is somebody I know that helped me get this, or okay, or so something I actually, else. I actually didn't have this at first, but I, I actually like this now, right? So I credit. I'm gonna credit my community around me for passing me the ladder, and I'm not even gonna lie. I'm gonna toot my own horn for like climbing it, but they did help me climb it. They taught me how to climb it, right? So when I say community, I mean like the my like whether it's my church family, some of my early teachers, of course my like immediate family. They they all were there to like, you know, to to plant those seeds that oh yeah, you can do this. You can like there is potential here, right? And then once they set me on the right track, once they gave me like the the tools I needed to have, once they taught me how to gain the tools I didn't have, I was like, okay, now I realize like I I have everything I need. Now, now it's up to me to perform, right? Yeah. So I guess that's probably the closest thing that you could say to like imposter syndrome. It's like, okay, I have everything I need now. Now I just have to, I have the instructions. I have my Legos. I just have to build, I have to make the product. Yeah, don't have excuses to not make There's no excuses now. Yeah. So yeah, like when I look at my successes, I'm like, okay, yes. I was given, I was definitely given all the, the materials I needed to build the final product. And hold, I'm still building. I'm still trying to figure it all out. But it, it's equal parts. That's true. If I'm be honest, I can look at a few times where I'm like, okay, yeah, that that was all me. No, definitely. Like, there was a oratorical competition that we had our senior year of high school, and I won that. And that one, that was probably one of the first experiences that I had where I was like, I did that. I mean, because look, you like, no matter how many times uh, a friend or somebody exposed you to literature, no matter how many times you went over your part with the teacher, or you know you went over in front of the mirror with your mom or whatever, no matter how many times that happened, at the end of the day, when you got up on that stage, it was you and it was you alone. And if you messed up, it was on you. And if you didn't mess up, it was on you. That's true. Fun fact, though, before that day that I performed the speech, my mom had never heard the entire thing. Nah, I feel that. I, I usually try to keep things like, 
you know, under wraps for the family. I'll go over with other people, but like, you know, I, I gotta wow you. Right. I I, like you gotta be you Thanks. gotta be a part of the performance too. But yeah, I definitely feel that sometimes when I look at the hand that I was dealt, I look at, you know, being a minority, being from a family that was separated at some point. It's, it, you can get that feeling to where, you know, everything is stacked up against you. And you're like, there's no way I should be doing what I'm doing. And somebody's going to figure that out and be like, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. But like you're saying, when you take that and use that as more motivation to say, okay, there's people before me to, to put me where I am, then, you know, that pushes you to, you know, work through that feeling of I'm not supposed to be here. Shoot, I'll, I'll even say this. That adversity kind of like, it kind of it aids you in a way, right? It's like you're starting, like when you get to the process where you're like, okay, do I belong here? It's like you're starting a race, right? And your starting line is behind, you're behind everyone else. Right? Yeah, yeah. But we're almost at the end of the race and, and we're side by side. So, of course, you may be like, you know, you may be tired or whatever, but you're at the point now you're like, okay, no, I, I, I started behind this person, and, and now we're here. And, you know, they were given, they had the track shoes. They, they had the nice, clean, clean track. All I had was the streets. And, and, you know, and you got here, and we're here now. Like, that's, that's, that to me is the, okay, yeah, no, I'm here for a reason. And if I'm here, it's because I deserve to be here. Like, I feel like that's probably one of the pro- like I don't want to call it a problem, but that's why sometimes people like struggle with people who take different paths to get to the same thing. Like, for example, right? If you win something, if you win, let's say you're let's say you're at the carnival and you win a giant stuffed animal, right? That that stuffed animal has a different value to you than if you were to just go to the store and buy it, right? Exactly. That's why some sometimes people get irritated, and it, we really shouldn't be irritated because it's it's the same. We're working towards the same thing, and we accomplish the same thing. We just have different ways of going about it. But sometimes people get irritated when others are able to, when others don't have to take the same path that we have to take. And that's not. I feel like that shouldn't be a thing that that tears people apart. Yeah, I, I don't think it should. But sometimes that feeling of you know, maybe my path was a little bit easier or maybe I shouldn't have gotten here how I got here or maybe there was some something that I missed that I was supposed to do that I didn't. That feeling of, you know, that haunting. No, no, definitely. I, I, I feel what you're saying. I definitely get that part. But it's, I, well, personally, I'll say the comparing paths part to me, that should, like, your path is your path. And how you got here doesn't matter to me. It shouldn't matter to me. It's irrelevant. I'm just happy you're here. Yeah. But it's so many. So many people are now or nowadays, especially, are focused on like the path, more than like the accomplishment. And it's like, can we just acknowledge that no matter what, like no matter how you got here, we're we're all here. And here's the thing, right? If if it was if the path was fraudulent in any way, that'll expose itself like eventually, right? It's a difference between getting to a place and feeling like, okay, maybe I don't measure up when you actually measure up and getting to a place because someone put you in that place knowing you don't measure up. Those people always get exposed. 
because no matter what you have, like that's true. You can, yeah, true. can no matter what connections, what kind, what money you have, though that that those things can only buy you so much position. Until a certain point, it's gonna be like, okay, wait, this person <laughs> don't want to call names, but you know you're rich, you're rich in all these things, and you have these businesses, but that doesn't make you a good president. Like you you have you know you have your towers and things, Factual, but that doesn't factual. make you a good president. Yeah. Whereas if you look at someone else who maybe has like, who's gone through the things, who's worked their way up from, uh, you know, council to to higher to like state stuff, you know, they worked yeah. their way up. Yeah. It's easier to see. It, I guess the fraudulent the fraudulent people will always get expo- they always get exposed. That's facts. Like you were saying that um, that path kind of that you were taking. Sometimes when you don't feel like your path measures up, you try to like, you know, put stuff in the way of yourself to be like, okay, and like make you make you feel that validation. Like you'll, you know, stack up stuff to the last second to 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 make to make you have to feel that pressure to then work off that pressure to be like, okay, you know, I, I experienced some pressure going through this. Do you have you ever caught yourself doing that, like, like kind of self-sabotage kind of thing? Or I wouldn't say, I, I'd say no, but mo- only because of this, right? Once you get to the same stage, there will be new challenges to face, right? So even if the path, even if my previous path was easier than your path, we're at the same destination now. And now we both have to get to our next destination. So no, how I got here, okay, doesn't matter. I got 100 on my first test. I cheated, you studied, that's great, or whatever. We have another test coming, right? And now we both, we both have to take this test. So now I'm worried about, like, I can't, I can't think about what happened in, in the past. I just got to go now and just, and just work on now, I guess. The people who have the hardest path get celebrated the most, right? So the more obstacles you overcome, usually your celebration is, is bigger. That's why the Braves championship was so like such a thing. Because in the right. middle of the season, you have all these injuries. You're thinking about turning it down. Instead of turning it down, you decide I'm going harder. That's so you can build you build more fans off of that off that experience because that's that's not usual. Like usually it's like okay things are not going well. We'll try it next season. Yeah. Or like you know things are going well. Versus, oh, you know, things have been going well all season. We go out and win the championship. The most boring seasons in any sport usually are when one team dominates the whole season and then that team dominates the, the, the entire playoffs. Yeah. Whereas the most exciting playoffs are where you have, what are they called? Not your underdogs, but your, uh, your Cinderella stories, right? The people who weren't expected to be here but are here, right? Yeah. But like I said, what that leads to is your Cinderella, your Cinderella stories usually get more publicity. Because if we're being honest, they're just they're usually more interesting. They usually attract more attention. But like I said, you shouldn't focus so much about the path, but that's that sometimes happens. And and yes, <laughs> yes, a lot of times people with the with the easier path, you, you start to hear a lot of things like I'll use the sports as an example, but you start to hear a lot of things leak, like there was turmoil in the locker room, you know. Not real challenges, but there was turmoil in the locker room or there was there were certain problems among family or family members or something like that let me ask you this do you think you take criticism well or like constructive criticism 
where somebody like you know gives you advice and and you you know internalize it and do you think you do you think you did that well? I'm gonna say yes because I'm I'm kind of different. Like I don't like praise. I don't like compliments. Like it, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of weird. I'm kind of different like that. I don't I don't like like people like I don't want to say it, but you know kissing my butt. I don't like that. It kind of yeah. gets on my nerves. So I I have no problem with someone, especially, and, and especially because I'm, I'm I'm definitely my hardest critic. So I I hate it gets on my nerves when I'm beating myself up about something and someone tries to comfort me about it. Like that it 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 gets on my nerves. Yeah, what would you what would you say to somebody who doesn't take criticism well? Well, I mean, what I would say they wouldn't listen to because not taking criticism well is criticism, so they probably wouldn't listen. But if I had to give them advice anyway, right? If you're one of those people and you struggle taking criticism from others, the my best piece of advice to you is do a self a self evaluation, right? And after you do your self evaluation, align that evaluation with what the other person, with what someone else says about you. And then see how similar they are. And then if they're not similar, ask somebody else for their evaluation and compare the their two with yours. And then, you know, keep going until you start to see the pattern. Like, hopefully you're not stubborn enough to fight 10 people's evaluations of yourself. Hopefully, you, after, you know, if you, if you don't accept the first person, after two or three, you can be like, okay, two or three people have said, like, I'm rude, I'm disrespectful. Maybe I should try to work on that instead of being like, oh no, all of these people are wrong. All of these people are crazy. No, yeah, that's factual. It's just if if it's coming from like a genuine place that somebody's like really trying to help you, nine times out of ten it's not gonna be it's not personal. So I would say I say don't take it personally. Just look at it as if you're you're building a player and somebody's trying to help you build it. No, definitely. And like, they're saying, you know, that's not gonna work or or you know, it would be better if you if that person if you did this to build this person. I was it's definitely gonna take putting on your big boy or big girl cap on. Yeah, it can be hard to get criticism sometimes. I I cannot lie. But I would rather if I'm being honest, I'd rather criticism than praise any day. I yeah, don't I that's it's just strange to me. I don't I don't need the praise. Yeah, when somebody's like, Okay, yeah, this is what you can improve on, I'm like, All right, good. If someone's like, Yeah, go good job, I I'm just like Cause it, Honestly, we're being honest. Most of the time when someone's saying good job, I notice things that they may not have noticed. Or I already have an idea of the flaws in the performance or whatever it is that the person is giving me praise on, right? So, like, because I, they, like, let's say for it's a project, for example. I have the, the idea I want to do in my head. I have the idea I probably will end up doing in my head. And I, I compare those two. So in the end, I'm like, okay, this is what I actually ended up doing. This is what I wanted to do. How far off is this? Because what I wanted to do is probably better, but what I have is what I have. And then people tell me, oh, you know, you, you, it was so good. You did so good. And I'm thinking, if you only saw, like, what I actually had planned. Right. What if I was you actually, only knew, I'd be as have this exactly. presentation. Like, this, is, this is not even, I'm not applying myself. But yeah, like definitely. Yeah, if I can say anything to anybody trying to, you know, combat this feeling, 
if we had to wrap it up, if anything you we said didn't stick, this is this is the part we gotta listen. So I would say be honest and transparent. So know, okay, this is this With is yourself. where I am, this is where I am, this is where I need to be. If you have those two in your head, you're on a good start. The second thing I would say is, you know, identify the feeling that you're having. Because if you're if you're not being honest about the feeling again, like I'm saying, then you're not gonna be able to fix it at you're not gonna be able to fix it at all. So be ident- I, be honest about the feeling, identify the feeling. So know, okay, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. Okay. Then what you gotta do, you gotta find the root cause of the feeling. So if you're saying I feel this way because I'm African-American. I feel this way because I'm young. I feel this way because um, I went to a different school than all these people. Whatever it is, identify what's making you, you know, feel that thing. The next thing I would say is consider where you came from, like we were saying. So consider, you know, I went to this school. I took these classes. I did this to build to where I am now. Okay. So consider the steps you took along the journey, if you will. So consider that. And then once you do all these things, give yourself credit for the things you actually built. Definitely. If you don't give yourself credit, then you're not going to move past that feeling of, I'm not supposed to be here. So even though, like you're saying, even though you're your hardest critic, I'm my hardest critic, giving yourself that, you know, this is what I did and this is where I am now. And these steps equal this result. No, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Because you got to, like, you're going to be, you're always going to have criticism. You'll always have criticism. But I'm about to say, and I found this funny, right? Because working with people on their resumes and things like this, you'd be surprised people don't know the accomplishments that they have or they don't know the things that they that they that they do they don't know how much value certain things that they've done have that is true i was working on my resume one time and my my mom was helping me and she's saying you know you did you've done a lot of yeah. things for at the time i was 17 for a 17 year old yeah exactly like i had 4 years of work experience at 17, at 17 and she's like that's, that's unheard of yeah most people don't that's yeah when i'm just like you know I didn't think that it's, was a big it's, deal. It's just, normal to me. It's regular. Yeah, exactly. I just I didn't I had no idea. Right. So so give yourself credit. Give yourself credit for the work that you do do. Definitely. I like that. All right. So we have reached the midpoint. A little past the midpoint, but we've reached the midpoint of our hopefully, episode. Hopefully not the midpoint. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys know what time it is. I know what time it is. We got underrated, overrated eats. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, this one's special. You guys, you're gonna like this one. You're gonna like this one. All right. So you guys know the drill. Three minutes on the clock. Three minutes on the clock. You ready? Here we go. All right. This one, this one is special because this one, this one is meaningful, right? I have my three minutes on the clock. This one is 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 it's a mini series on Netflix, and I'm warning you, it's rough. It's rough to get through, but it's based off a true story. I believe it is a four-part series entitled When They See Us. I watched this one with my mom. And believe it or not, this was my first time hearing about this story. 
because I, I, I'm not going to lie, I just, I didn't know for whatever reason. But it definitely inspired me to go back and, and you know, look back. And then not even that, just to be thankful about the progress that we've made. So it's entitled When They See, the, when they see Us. It's definitely underrated. It, it is not an easy watch, but yeah, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. But it's a it's a very good uncomfortable. All right, so let us know let us know what they was talking about in this little you know limited series. All right, very simple. I'm gonna keep it very simple. Um, if you haven't heard the the story about the Central Park Five, uh, five teams from Harlem, from Harlem are basically um trapped, and framed of beating a lady close to death, and raping her during a like a riot at a park and they're blamed for this and they're put on trial and they're falsely accused and they're 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 all sent to jail and they all have to deal with the the consequences of someone else's actions hmm. all because of of a lie and in the police just trying to trying to satisfy people with an answer so and and actually like i said it's based off a true story the actors the the kids are great when they grow up, the actors are great. It's a very moving, very moving show. Yeah, I remember hearing about this story a little bit. And it was always crazy to me how five innocent people could be framed for such a thing. And framed I'd, randomly. Yeah, I, I never really, you know, got deep into the story because I was a little younger and I, I couldn't, you know, stomach those details for it. But always hearing about it and... You know, hearing about this this limited series made me a little bit more interested. I might have to go check that out. I mean, out. like none of the facts add up, and everyone, all the cops on the case, everyone knows the facts don't add up, but somehow they're still tried and found guilty. So it's it's definitely it's a, it's a little bit uncomfortable. It it you might even need tissue. Some people might definitely mm. need tissue. Mm. Yeah, and I don't I don't remember hearing anybody talk about it much. So that's definitely on the underrated list. Yeah, definitely. And then once you see that, Oprah Winfrey actually got to talk to the both the actors and the real victims. So that's also on Netflix. So mm. check those out. I, mm. I think most people will be satisfied. That's perfect. Here we go. Well, you guys you guys hear the timer. That's all the time we have for today on Underrated, overrated ease. All right. So, like I mentioned at the start of our episode, okay, we do have a second topic. Course number two. So here we go. Lock in for this one. You're ready. This one is called the social cognitive theory. Oh yeah, you're dropping big. Big knowledge today. I like this one. I'm telling you, when I first heard it and I first looked it up to, to you know, get an idea of what it was, it, it intrigued me. Okay. Many would say that this defines most personalities in our generation today. Okay. And when you start to think about it, the more, the more truth you find in it. So social cognitive theory, it describes the influence of individual experiences, the actions of others, and the environmental factors in individual healthy behaviors. Okay. So give us give us an example. 
So the things that that make up how you are. Okay. So I heard something that said you are a collection of the three people you hang out with the most. Okay. So in that case, that'd be that'd be your roommate for me. Yeah. Roommate and it's two sweet mates. Yeah, that's a pretty small circle you have there. I mean, it said the three the three people you hang out with the most. So okay. I'm just I'm just counting three. Yeah, of course. Exclude all the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but they say that your behavior is based on that, the, the people you hang out with most, and then three other factors, which would be your cognitive process. Okay. That'd be like uh, critical thinking, problem solving, that kind of thing. So like you're like what's going on in your head. Your behavior prior to the situation. Okay. How you've acted in the past and the current factors. Okay. So, okay. Okay. I'm following. I'm following. So, everything that you do, how you act in a situation would be based off those three things. So, my question to you, the listeners, and to you, Jet. Okay. How much of your personality do you think of, is made up of the people you hang out with? How I, much I, of your personality is made up of the people you hang out with? A core amount of it. I'd say 80%. I think that's pretty comfortable. 80%. So the people you hang out with, what do you think they you what do you think you get from them? I just we we pick up a lot of things. Like for example, before I got to high school, there were certain things that when I first got there, I noticed, okay, this is kind of different. These people kind of do this. I don't necessarily know why they do this, but I understand they do this. And uh, by the way, it's not a bad thing or anything like that. Not a, we're not they're not doing a bad thing. It was just like a, a certain way of doing something. And I did I didn't understand it, but I knew as as time went on, even though I didn't understand it, I eventually picked it up to the point where I had other people question me as to why I did it, and I had to think back like, oh wow. I, that was me. I didn't. That that was me. I used to ask myself, "Why do people do this?" And now I'm doing it. So yeah, yeah. I do think like being, I the people you're around part, that 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 part is very real. That but, is true. If if I had to, you know, put a percentage like you did, I would probably say around the same thing, like seventy five to eighty percent. I mean, and most of the the like you can see it. When I go back home, yeah, no, and it, it snaps on, and I and I take all of the sayings that we have here. Yeah, it's it's crazy at school. Like hearing people say that all people from Atlanta talk a certain way or act a certain way, it was like that's not true. And then I went back home and I was like, it snapped. Like literally, it's like almost as soon as I crossed the city limits, it just snapped back on. Yeah, that's. You know, it was like I never left. It was like driving in Huntsville, you know, all nice, serene, quiet. <laughs> the moment I hit the city, I was like, bro, what are you doing, man? What type of turn is that, bro? Yeah, you got that Dude, road, good, Atlanta bro, road rage bro, back. I know you're not parked between the lines <laughs> with you. <sighs> that is very true. They say, they say that for people that know multiple languages, you can switch your personality based on the language that you're speaking. I believe it. I, no, I definitely believe it because if we're being honest, when you speak to certain people, you change how you talk. 
in most times when you change how you talk, it changes your body like la- your body language and your actions. And your mindset. Yeah, exactly. Like that could like code switching is a very real thing. That's true. When I'm with the bros, it, it, you know, things are different. It's you, very different. Your your body language is a little bit more easy. You start to you flow a little bit more. You have less there's less thought processing about what I'm going to do or what I'm doing. Whereas it would you know, the setting changes and you're in maybe it's it's say an unknown situation. You, there's a lot more processing. Sometimes you may look a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. So if you switch up, you know, how you are a lot. What's you? Yeah, what's you? How consistent do you think you are? What's you? If we're being honest, there's no... I want to say you you choose what you... But what's you is what naturally where you're most comfortable. The personality you have, you take on when you're most comfortable is what is you. That's what's you. Yeah. So when I say when you're at your ease, when you're at ease, when you're with your family, when you're with your friends, whatever that person is, whoever that person is, that's you. So do you think your your personality is consistent? I'd say it's mostly consistent. There are times in which I will change. There are definitely times in which I'm like, okay, now I'm now I'm getting out of pocket. Like I'm doing things. I'm this is not me. But most times, I think it's fair to say that. Usually, some beha- most behaviors are recognizable. So by behaviors, you mean like kind of like personality traits? Yeah. How much do you think personality traits play in how people respond? Like, do you think people respond more situationally or like personality? Personality first. Because person, like... Yeah, definitely personality. Because there's been times where situations will, will, I say, well, the situation won't even call for a certain response. But if that response is a part of a person, like someone's personality, that's that's just the response that's going to get out. And of course, you, you might take that wrong because you may not know that person's personality. But usually, I'd say it's it's more in line with the with personality. Like, if you're expected to do something most of the time and you do it like in the no matter the situation most people will not be surprised like if if you're expected to be a hothead and we know you're a hothead and something a situation happens and you pop off that's expected because i guess you could say that's uh, your personality I see, yeah i see what you're saying and then even if the situation is something small like you know like you uh you're trying to eat a sandwich and you drop your sandwich or whatever and you pop off. That's also that. That's not that surprising because, like we said, the personality knows. Like we know your personality, so we know that's not as surprising. Whereas, if a person just if the person's personality changes by the situation, can you even say that you truly know that person? Because I guess you can. You're never fully prepared for every situation. Ideally, right? And then, and then I'll let you go. Ideally. You want to be able to be like, I pick these certain people, like these certain people I'm close with, because no matter the situation is, I know these people, so I know how they can respond. I can trust them. That's I can good. trust yeah, their, I can trust their responses and their reactions. Whereas if you, if you think you can trust someone in the, in, and you think you can trust their personality, and you get to a situation in which they surprise you, oftentimes you 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 feel betrayed. Like, okay, wait, now where did this come from? 
all my life you've been selfish and now you're you're offering to pay like pay for my food or all my life you've been like kind and now you're kind of now you're being kind of rude you know that that would catch you off guard no yeah for sure i think what you're saying has a lot of facts behind it people usually for the most part act according to their personality there there are some times where you know it requires you to act situationally no there's definitely outliers to yeah, and, and that's why I think all the questions that are like, what would you do in this situation? You don't know. You, you can never know you what know. you would truly do in a certain situation. Like, honestly, the most you can do is take the closest situation, which oftentimes won't even be close, and just compare. But even then, that's not... Like, ideally, you just want to hope that I know this person and hopefully their their outlier will not be, like will not deviate too, too far from the standard that I know of them. How good are you at, you know, managing yourself in situations? Like, what's your, like, okay, you know, I'm, like you're saying, I'm getting away from myself. How, how good is that regulation that you, that you have? I would say it's good, but there's also people who probably wouldn't say it's good. Because I try to keep, like most times, I'll try to keep a level head. So if I don't have a level head, someone would be like, oh, he's not regulating. When honestly, they just know if I get pushed far enough that he's there. That guy is, is there. But at regulation, like usually, I ask myself if something occurs, okay, stay calm, think, stay calm, like take control of the situation. I surprise myself when I'm like, okay, 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 wait, well, what's going on? What am I gonna do? Like that's when I'm I'm surprised myself, and that's usually when I'm I'm like the most worried. But yeah, yeah, I feel that. I would say, I usually have pretty good control of myself and emotions and knowing where I am. I did say this in emotion then in the episode about emotion versus motivation. I have a pretty good understanding of my emotions and how things are making me feel. So when you, I think when you have that, you know, this situation is making me feel like this, and this is how I would respond normally in this situation, even when, even when emotions are high and you know, it, it, it's a situation where you wouldn't act rationally. You're like, okay, no, this is, this is the emotion, and this is how I would react if I was rational. This is what I should do. Yeah, so and I'm not even gonna lie. There are times where I expect emotion to take over over logic, mostly in competitive, like competitive events. I ex I I usually, if I get pushed, there, I expect my emotion to take over logic because there's a lot of things that aren't logical, but you know, emotion's strong, man. Sometimes you just it is. It's like a very strong thing that you don't feel like picking a logical decision. Right, and and it just it just takes over your like. Do I even right? It just it just switches yeah. you to like, nah, an entirely man. different. <laughs> you, what do you do? You take the glasses off and rip open hey, the shirt. Say, rip the shirt open. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Clark Kent. Bye bye. <laughs> hey hey, no Bruce, only Hulk. <laughs> 
It would be autism. Not all parts of social growth can be measured because we hide because we hide that part of ourselves. No, definitely. So some part of your personality is is different than you think it's gonna be. So you you, you hide what your what your real intentions are, what your real reaction would be until there's that point, like you're saying, where yeah, no, this I, is yeah. this it just it just explodes. I would say it definitely takes it takes someone else to tell you that you've changed for you to really stop and think, okay, maybe things are different. Take someone else to You were saying, well, okay, say what you were saying. I was saying that you you can't really ever really fully know like in this situation where I'm pa- pushed past my limits, I will be this way. Because oh, yeah. you hide a part of yourself from everybody else no, and definitely. from yourself. But, I, I, yeah, all I was saying is that, like, sometimes you, you won't even realize that you've changed until another person will be like, oh, you know, that was kind of new today. I didn't expect you to. Oh, okay. I see you're saying, like, you know, that's that's not the, yeah, that's, the normal that's not you. Normal that's you. not that's exactly. not what you regularly do in yeah, that yeah. situation. I didn't expect you to, like, slap her like that. Oh, that was kind of okay, disrespectful. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like my fault. That guy took over. Yeah, so all I would say is you figure out yourself in in college. The more you try, we try. The more into college I get, the more I realize that this is a time in a lot of people's life where you where you figure out, you know, this is what I'm gonna be about, this is what I'm doing, this is you know where I'm headed. I think I should do this. Yeah. So if you're hanging out with a group of people that you would not see yourself hanging out with in five, ten years, or or their goals are nowhere as high as your goals are. Lord have mercy. It might be time for a new friend group. Might be time. Okay, you can be the nice guy this podcast. I'm going to go out there and say it, it's time. It is definitely time. We all know the saying. We've heard it a million times. I know my mom says it all the time. Ahem, ahem. Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So if the person sitting next to you is not pushing you, it might be time for him to go. I'm about to say, if we're being honest, if it's not helping you, it's most likely not. It's most likely hurting you. If we're being honest, we're just keeping it above. So, yeah, my challenge for you guys this week. Ooh, challenge. Analyze the people around you. Because mm. what do we say? 80% of your personality is based off the people you hang out with. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Ask, if you're anything like we are. I about to say, ask someone who's not around you. Yeah, ask, ask them about someone else. Say, say, what do you think about these three people and and... Without even knowing it, they're telling you about yourself. Facts. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Imagine. Also, yeah, we will post an imposter quiz. So if you have that feeling of Ew. imposterism, there's a quiz that you can take that will let you know if, you know, it's unfounded, if, you know, you're on the right track. No, nah, definitely. You're actually... Where you're supposed to be. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I'm going to go out on a limb. You're where you're supposed to be. And yeah, you got we, there we don't do that self-doubt here in L for L. Yeah. 
We don't take L's. Self-doubt. What? No L's. L for L takes no L's. And you guys made it to episode eight, so you are a part of the L for L family. Let them know. Let them know. Speaking of, we do got to come up with a name for you guys. Eventually, we're going to, you know, post a poll. So be tapped into our Instagram. That's late. The number four. Lunch podcast. We'll be posting a poll trying to, you know, what are we going to call our loyal listeners? It's been eight episodes and we haven't given you a name yet. So I'm about to say, we need something surprising. So I need something out the box. Hit us in the DMs with any suggestions you have. We'll, we'll post a poll of, you know, the best few answers. I have a few in mind. I know Jet probably has a few in mind. Actually, maybe, maybe. How about this? Let's not even, let's not even post the poll. Everybody send theirs in, and we'll we'll just announce it on the show, and just surprise everyone. That works. We can do that. So send it into the DMs. Our DMs are always open. If you have a reaction, if you have something to actually, add to the actually, podcast, I feel like if I say my DMs are closed, they'll be more open. <laughs> so my DMs are closed. Do not DM us personally. We won't respond. So. We will not respond. Okay, <laughs> will not respond. Only DM us on Mondays from around 12 to 1 p.m. That's it. <laughs> other, other than that, we will not respond. But yes, we have reached the end of our episode. And we're you not guys, lying. You guys are amazing for listening. Thank you, as always, for listening to the end of the episode. Yeah, if I say you made it this far, yeah. I'm about to say, if you, if you made it all the way through all the episodes... And you just finished episode eight. You can't even act like you don't like it no more. Right. If you if you've been binging the episodes, if I got to the point where I said it so many times that I just irritated you. I'm about to say if if you're at the point where you know where you you know what we're gonna say, you you just right. Cue the music. I'm about to say. I'm about to say exactly. There's there's nothing else to say. Yeah. Thank you guys as always. Drink water. Mind your business. You gotta come with a catchphrase. <laughs> Don't be watching everybody's plays. Go get your own snacks. I have been clueless. I'm Jet. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.